thank you guys for being here today. Please, of course, put in any questions that you have along the way. Today, I want to build on what we were working on yesterday. I think it was interesting to talk about the ACEs and how they are an introduction. Oh, I like that. It's kind of a, a false alliteration. ACEs are unique introductions to the tarot. Okay, now I'm going to stop patting myself on the back. Um, I threw this up earlier and I couldn't stop looking at it. And I wanted to bring this up. So we're going to talk today about the twos. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, please bring out your two of swords, two of cups, two of coins, and two of wands. We'll get to that other two in a moment. And uh, arranging them in any order because Pamela, you know, Pamela Colin-Smith, Pam was not a metaphysical master. She was, no offense, but she really wasn't. She was barely even a student. She got pulled away after doing this art, and she had her life commandeered by her new Catholic friends who got her to disavow and disabuse herself all of her work with the Golden Dawn. She left put it behind her, never looked back, went off, did other things. And it was too bad because this was the height of her popularity and she wasn't really paid for it because it was a little slapdash job that, that you know, she had more passion in creating than the people who commissioned her had her in the manufacture of, at least until he saw the money. Once people saw how much money was made, oh yeah, of course, then it was interesting. But that's kind of neither here nor there. So when we're looking at the, the twos in the tarot, I want to be very clear that numerology does not work in the tarot, period. End of story. Yes, I said it. If you are using numerology in the tarot, you are wrong and you will fail. If you want to use numerology, use it with playing cards. That is called cartomancy or cartomancy, if you want to be a jerk like me and pronounce it any way you like, cartomancy. Uh, cartomancy and reading with the playing cards. You know, the twos mean this, and then the variation of that is it hearts. Uh, I'm going to remember right, hearts, clubs, spades, and the other thing, diamonds. That's American. In, in Europe, they might have different suits. That's older than arrow. And it is a valid form of divination and manifestation. Cartomancy includes Lenormand. Lenormand is not the tarot, different thing, but it is cartomantic. It's all about the numbers. The, the pictures don't mean anything on the Lenormand. They, they're, um, they're just pretty pictures. And that's cool. You know, it, 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 it's nice, but that is a different system. So I wanna be very clear that the purpose of the tarot is to look at what the image says. Now, Pam took ideas from different artists. For example, and this is famous, is um, if we compare St. Cecilia by John Waterhouse, which that painting was in the British Museum when Pamela was there, you know, looking at it, and this is, look at this, and this is just a plagiarism of St. Cecilia. Not saying she did anything wrong, it's just, you know, it's a rushed job, right? So she just sketched everything out and went back and, you know, did the line work and then handed it off to the boss. That was her job. Uh, unfortunately, she wasn't paid well and it was a slapdash, you know, job and it was done quickly. If you look at any of the other art and uh, photographic representation uh, of images, they're printing 
abilities were so much better. Please don't look at this and think that 1910 printing technology was caveman. They did work that is comparable to today. It, it is stunning how, how great their work was, not just in black and white, but in color. But, but this distorts that because this is what we get. We're like, oh, this is, this is what it must have been looked like. That's like saying, this is what um, medieval times must have looked like, which, which is not even close. Point of all this is that this is the tarot we're given. The meanings of the cards originally came from a cardomantic, cardomantic style where, where twos, threes, fours will mean this. So we can argue that the origins of tarot card meanings, at least the, the, the minor arcana, right? Of course they were cardomantic because that's essentially what they had. You had two wands, three stabs, you know, four batons. It was like two, three, four. That's all you had. You had that number of sticks. You can see this in every other European deck because obviously there weren't American decks and there weren't British decks. So every other deck in the world up until this point, with the exception of the Solabusca deck, was not illustrated with images like this. And, and, and of course, she, she stole from the Solabusca deck as well. But that's neither here nor there. It's long since past. It's just, this is what's official now. So that's what we have. Why do I say this? I say this because um, what we are told, and this is the best information that we have, is that uh, art, Arthur Edward Waite, was focused almost exclusively, definitely primarily, on the trump cards, on the major arcana, uh, being the magician through the world, and then, of course, the fool card, which is an escape card. And he had some strong feelings about other cards, especially the aces, and how he wanted them drawn out or illustrated. And he allegedly handed Pamela Coleman-Smith a sheet of paper with minimal writings on what each two through 10, or the pip cards, what they meant. So she had more free reign. But keep in mind that what did what those meanings come from? Those meanings came from primarily the French, because that was the dominant force in the tarot, hence the way why we call it tarot and not tarochi or whatever they call it in Spain or Germany or Austria. We've adopted the French name because the French people were dominant in, in, in the cards. Yes, Nicole, there's a famous letter that she wrote to somebody she complaining about money and how she wasn't paid very well, and they were probably printed very badly, and they're probably colored horribly. She was not given access to this. This is just one of the few things that we know. It's also like the um, the uh, one letter that we have, uh, that we know of, uh, that came with the Roses and Lilies deck that said, hey, you know, here's your, here, here are your cards. We're going to be reprinting them a lot better quality in, in a month or two. But uh, if uh, if you don't like these, you know, send them back. And that's another reason why there's not so many roses and lilies is um, William Ryder and Son, before they became Ryder and Company, was, was blatantly saying, hey, we're going to do better. We're, you know, we, we know you like this, but we're going to, we're going to do better. Send these back um, afterwards and we'll, we'll just trade them in. All right. So when we're looking at the twos and the threes and the fours, not one, not two, not three. When we're, uh, that never gets old uh, in my head because I'm so angry about the arrogance of that uh, that Miami Heat thing. That was just 
garbage. If you don't get the reference, that's okay. LeBron James. So when we're looking at the twos and the threes and the fours and sevens and nines and Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday, when we're looking at all of these, we're going to see enough similarities where we can argue, well, wait, there's numerology here, but we're going to see complete differences that make numerology not make sense. If you want to make a numerologically based tarot deck, now remember, a tarot deck must have the structure of the tarot. So don't change the structure, but you can change the art. People do that all the time, right? That's why we have thousands of different tarot decks, all with different art. Well, not all. Some of them are very, very close. It's slightly stylistically different. Some are wackadoo, way out there. It stops becoming a tarot deck and starts becoming an oracle deck when you when you break the structure. So if you want to make the numerology tarot, and, and, and please feel free to, learn cartomancy. Cartomancy. Learn it and practice it. Don't just you know, say, oh, I've, I've read a book on it or, or I attended a, a class. Therefore, I'm, you know, qualified to come up with a brand new deck and all of you need to buy it. Call me an expert. Learn cartomancy. Learn cartomancy. Learn numerology. Learn the, the subtle insides and outs. Then approach your tarot and say, okay, twos mean this. Not in astrology. That's a different thing. This is where astrology and numerology totally, it's, it's, Eastern medicine, Western medicine, they're two different things, both ending toward the same goal. Can you use them both in a reading? Yes, but you can't combine them. There's uh, twos in astrology, totally different, and, and threes and fours, totally different things than, uh, than does numerology. So if you want to make a numerological tarot deck, please do. Matter of fact, several of you could probably could and, and all be profitable. But you're going to have to change the art. You're going to have to revert back to a cartomantic influence where the image has to support the meaning of uh, cartomancy. So that being said, we see subtle differences, but we also see themes whenever we're looking at cards by the numbers. <laughs> cards by the numbers is probably going to be the name of this series. So... Interesting sub-theme here I had not noticed before, believe it or not. Um, this is accidental because we have the masculine element of swords, the masculine element of wands, and then the feminine elements here. The masculine elements should be imbalanced. Numerologically and astrologically speaking, from a metaphysical point of view, odd numbers are masculine, even numbers are feminine. Write that down. That's a huge mystery school secret. This applies to uh, your numerological reductions of birthdays and names and everything else. But also, when you create magical glyphs or symbols or alphabets or mathematical formulas, anytime you're doing spell work, if you want to upset the balance or you want to create a vacuum or something you know to uh, have space end it with an odd number do it or, or or an odd number of numbers odd number of numbers odd, you know odd number count uh, if you want something full complete sealed so for example a, a pentagram which is a, a five-pointed star or a pentacle which is a five-pointed star in a circle right five points is um aggressive masculine it breaks upsets the balance 
what is called a Jewish star or Hebrew star, the six-pointed one with the two triangles. Uh, and then the two triangles are actually super important. We learn that in astrology. That is a feminine sign. It is full. It's complete. It's like a lock that you put on a, on a locker and a box and anything else, door. But it's an external lock that, uh, that seals, that holds things in place. So odd numbers, and, and we can apply this. This should apply to the tarot. Unfortunately, it doesn't. Because remember that Pam was not some kind of metaphysical genius. And the meanings have been changed because of her artwork. And so now we have a whole gobbledygook, you know, goulash style of just whatever's in the pot. And some goulash sounds good right now. So don't take this to heart with the tarot that we have today if you're going to just if you're going to design a, a numerological tarot definitely odd numbers upset the balance even numbers restore the balance if you need to know more about that get your ass in class we have a mystery school nonetheless i want to talk about the twos today and i want you to see how the interesting sub theme here is that there is a sense of symmetry and balance in these cards so looking at the swords card uh, the two swords we have rocks on both sides we have the swords obviously going off the edge there can be only one moon so but but even so we have the sun and the moon and the moon is being eclipsed by the sun that's why it's a, a crescent like that we have the the firmness of land in the foreground and then we have in the near and mid background the endless water until you get to the distant background where we have some some more land. So it's a bit of a duality. It's a bit of a dichotomy. Um, it happens at uh, night in the normal card for whatever reason. Um, matter of fact, I should check to make sure. Do not have that with me. Don't quote me on that because I'm going to change my mind here. I'm looking at Gretchen's deck. Although if the moon's out there, well, obviously it happens at night. Although it could be happening during the day if it is... In fact, no, it couldn't be a solar eclipse because solar eclipse would be a full moon, right? And then the moon would be blocking the sun. Or maybe that's the sun. Maybe that's the moon eclipsing the sun. I've always assumed this is the moon, but just for fun, what if this was an eclipse where the sun is being eclipsed by the moon and the moon is um, uh, invisible here and we're just seeing the effect on the sun? That kind of changes things. This is the beauty of ambiguity of art. And this is one thing that Pam excelled in by accident or design is her art is ambiguous. And that's what makes this particular deck so wonderful to read with. It makes it hard for beginners because you know beginners want logic and simple things. This is why cartomancy is so much easier to, to learn than tarot. Here's your number. Twos are always this, threes are always this, fours are always this. And then you just learn the suits. So it's literally apple plus orange, apple plus pear, apple plus zucchini. You know, it, it, there, there's no imagination, there's no intuition. It's all just mathematical formula. And then you try to apply that to somebody's life. That works with the tarot. We have images, we have symbology intended and not intended we have modern symbology that we kind of force into this old uh, ancient symbolism of the 1910s and then that in turn borrowed symbolism 
that was ancient. So we have, we're all over the place as far as metaphysical meanings uh, with cards. All right, but, but nonetheless, there is a balance in the Two of Swords. When we go over to the Two of Cups, it's not just you know, line down the middle with the caduceus, you know, snakes on either side. So there's your balance. The lion has two wings here, plus it's a lion. So it's a fire element and an air element. Those are the both masculine elements, right? Air element being the wings. So we have the Roman numeral two. So we've got two, uh, lion and wings, two snakes, two snakes, two cups, two people. But even more important, uh, she's wearing a laurel, which is traditionally a masculine, very patriarchal, you know, I'm in command kind of headdress. And then he's wearing a garland of roses, which is very feminine. So it's kind of like the meaning of this is that it, it's one of those things where I don't want to start paraphrasing pop trash, new age euphemisms, but the idea of let me walk in uh, my enemy's shoes for a couple of miles to understand their point of view. So if we look at this as the battle of sexes, this is like they are both trying to understand each other's point of view and they are in theory exchanging cups. I mean, how can you draw that? But also the way she drew it, maybe she's holding a cup and he's like, no, I want to, and I'm taking it from her because male oppression, right? Uh, well, female oppression from men, so like masculine oppression of female. Or maybe she's presenting him a cup and he's accepting it. Um, like the way she drew it is again, there's that ambiguity. She is dressed in a slightly more masculine sense, even though she's wearing a dress. Tabard, he's got the, the very um, decorative puffy sleeves and everything. Um, she has puffy sleeves too, but but he has a more flowery outfit. So there is a sense of balance. Now, when we go over here to the two of coins, imbalance is written all over it. You know, he's, he's dancing, he's off balance, or is he off balance? Uh, the waves in the background are horribly drawn, but they're definitely turbulent. He's weighing or balancing or juggling two different coins. And then, of course, here in the Two of Wands, uh, he is facing one particular direction, and one staff is elevated above the other. He is facing the left in this particular case. Uh, we don't know whether he was facing left or right originally and whether they reversed the print or not, but that's neither here nor there. What we do know is that, um, matter of fact, we can say they probably didn't reverse the print here because uh, if you zoom in, you can see the continent of Africa and what looks like Europe. So in this case, we can probably say with definitive proof this print, and, and it's not whether or not the, uh, the signature was there to begin with, because that always could have been added later. But we can say with definitive proof that this was, he was always meant to be looking looking left. But in, in so doing, he's ignoring what's on the right or what's behind him. So an interesting sub-theme among the twos, where you would think the twos are indicative of balance, right? One side and the other side, is that we have two cards uh being the two of swords and the two of cups that do indicate balance and uh two of coins and the two of wands indicate an imbalance what can this add to your readings when i point these things out i want you to be aware of them so that when you're reading as ideas flow through your mind as your intuition is feeding you subtle impulses I want you to be aware of the various possible meanings that may come into your mind. 
we can kind of just unlock that rigidity. Too many of us learn keywords, formula, Kabbalah, numerology. We learn these things like logic, logic, logic. Everything has to have a rigidity. Now, in and of themselves, they are great. Logic is wonderful, but you can't force restrictive reductionist formulaic logic into the tarot. It just, it's not going to work. Comparing this before I forget to the other two, which I did mention, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, please pull out your high priestess. I'll pop that up here on the screen for the video. And again, what can we look here? As I have mentioned earlier, metaphysically speaking, odd numbers are masculine, female numbers are feminine. Just the way it works in magic and in, uh, I'm just going to leave it, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, just in magic. So here, she is the counterpart to the magician. The magician is the alpha, um, the world is the omega, so she is the counterpart to the magician, but also the high priestess is the counterpart to the magician, where the magician is very outward broadcast, uh, show of force, show of authority, dominance, arrogance, human will, ego, uh, skilled, but, but nonetheless, the high priestess, the concept of the high priestess, they're drawing in this particular case, you know, weight drew heavily from the, uh, Orphic divination centers or the, uh, priestesses at Delphi, the, the Vestal Virgins, and, and the other uh, Eleusinian mysteries. So in this sense here, yes, this is Demeter. How do we know that? Because of the pomegranates, because unfortunately, um, you know, you bugger one goat, right? You eat one pomegranate seed, and all of a sudden, you got to spend the rest of your life in hell because you're the guy who kidnapped you and stole you and forced food into your mouth when you're asleep. So when Mercury comes by and Zeus has declared if she is eaten and, and uh, Hades is like, oh, quick, I gotta, I gotta fix this. Ha ha, see, no, no, she's spitting out pomegranate seeds that therefore she has to be my wife. Them's the rules, right? Well, you know, this is, we, we know that it's, it's Demeter because of the pomegranate seeds. So what do we have here? She is the veil. Right. In many ways, as much as the, the how to read the tarot, as we've covered before and especially gone into in the uh, academy, how to read the tarot is summed up in the lesson of the fool. Well, in many ways, the, uh, the high priestess represents the art and act of divination. The J and the B are from Solomon's Temple. It reads, um, was that right to left? Um, black and white. The the, the palm tree uh, sculptures here. We've got a mishmash of different religions. And, and we have the pearl up here. Um, and then the moon is at her feet. So people think this is a, a triple moon. It is absolutely not because this was not the triple moon of Wicca. That was something that was, there was no Wicca when this was, was created. That's something Gerald Gardner came up with. Uh, there was all different witchcraft forever, obviously. Um, if you want to call it that, it's been magical practices forever. But uh, it's like there was no fucking McDonald's in the 1940s. There was no Wicca in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, certainly not here in um, 
in the 1910s. So it's not the triple moon, especially because the moon is right there. It's, it's bright yellow. It's, it's at, at her feet. The symbology here and her tresses are very watery. So we've got a, and of course, the, the water behind her symbolizing the subconscious. It's kind of interesting that the, uh, the duality of imagery between the um, two of swords and the high priestess. Um, they're both sitting at the same place on the same stone. Here, let's swap out the set, you know, bring in some stuff here. And again, in Pam's inimitable style, she put up a backdrop. So the essence here is that she is above the moon. She is beyond the moon. That's, that's, that's another secret of divination is that intuition is beyond the subconscious. The subconscious is a conduit. You know, intuitive, uh, I like to teach that our intuition is a gateway or a valve. It's not an end destination. It's not a it's not a pocket dimension or resource. It's uh, it's a conduit through which information travels. The short version is that we have our conscious mind, our subconscious mind, and then there's the divine or everything outside of us. And our intuitive gateway and it opens and closes like a valve, some or an iris. Sometimes. Our intuition is wide open. We like that. And there are times our intuition clams up really tight. I, what do these stupid cards mean? This happens to everybody. This is why we have exercises and lessons and games to help you massage your third eye open, massage your intuition open so that it will um, be a part of your daily life rather than something you struggle with. So that's what this represents. High priestess, even in this highly anglicized sense, even in the way that weight has kind of butchered the original concept of the papist, meaning female pope. What was her name? Pope Joan? I mean, it's, it's arguable, but no less. Um, forgive me if I get the name wrong. But she is, and, and this is an equilateral cross. See, it's not the Jesus cross. No offense to Jesus, but that, that's a plus sign to me. You, you, Pam could have easily made this a lot um, longer, and, and weight could have made this longer. And it's and she's holding the Torah, not the Bible. So we have a mixture of Hebrew, um, Greek. Um, there's Egyptian mythology here, uh, symbology here. There's all, all kinds of mishmash of stuff. But she represents um, a sense of balance through sitting back, absorbing, this is what divination is, right? We, we absorb information. We are pulling in information in from outside means, where with the magician, we are arrogantly broadcasting our own desires out to the world. So she is divination, he is manifestation. It's little things like this that once you understand it, everything in the tarot just starts to click, just starts to make sense. So these are the five twos because there are five suits in the tarot we normally think of four suits and trump cards uh, or the or, or even just the, the the minor arcana versus the major arcana but these are artificial barriers these are artificial divisions that yes we can in a virgoan way categorize everything we can go okay each suit is swords and cups and wands and, and uh, coins and then trumps we can go major arcana, minor arcana. We can break it down by by numbers. We have twos, all of them, or we have the, the 
minor arcana twos versus the, the the twos in the that thing the major arcana including the number two the magician is the second card in a sense um so there's that there's the number 20 card if we start going one through 22 we would call the world 22nd card even though it's the 21st card there's different ways we can look at the twos or we can look at uh uh, was it the card 11 weight swapped out strength with justice because he really really wanted justice to be one one it's a libra so it should be a seven right because this is where astrology and Charles don't 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 blend right no he was like i need it to be one one and then as we see uh if you look at your justice card it doesn't say one one doesn't say 11 it says xi that, that kind of breaks you know and we have to go oh that means 11 well if it's all about um symbology then justice should have been card number two you know one one right or could have been card 20 xx but this is where when you start swapping cards out which is exactly what uh, weight did because he wanted to force an order to create this new variant well now this whole journey of the fool doesn't make sense because you've got cards being mixed around and then the fool itself um can it can happen between cards well it can happen in escape cards we're going to be anywhere but a lot of people put it um between 20 and 21. just be careful what you ingest is all i'm asking just be careful not to believe anything and everything you've been uh, told. So there's a long-winded discussion of what you can see behind the scenes with the twos, beyond the traditional meanings and beyond the suit meanings of you know, swords or intellectual, although remember, swords are very violent, so you can't just say, well, the swords are air, because technically the wands should be air and the swords should be fire, but that's an argument for another day, and nobody believes that because we've all been taught that wands are fire because wood burns, and then swords are air because, uh, uh, and, uh, that, that's literally it, like, uh, swords cut through the air, well, everything cuts through the air, you know? Once you learn alchemy and, uh, and, and metaphysics, you're going to realize that tarot is greatly flawed. I'm not here to, to badmouth it. I just want you to know, relax, enjoy the ride, but don't buy into a lot of the New Age hype and the new 13th or 15th sign. And there's, there's like 12 planets now instead of seven or, or 10, if you prefer, or, you know, there's, or there's 15 zodiac signs. Everybody wants to sell you something and everybody wants to have their name on the side of the building look i was on that discovered this be very careful when you're ingesting new age garbage uh, that you're not poisoning yourself with a passing fad of a thought that years from now you'll totally uh, detach yourself from but how many years of your life are you poisoning with this and how much are you not making progress? So that's why these lessons are free. Yes, we have an academy. I'd like you to be here. I'd like you to uh, help keep the lights on. And I'd also like you to get a damn education. It's only $10 or $10 a week. Uh, and we have a community. You get, you get access to that. Go to Easy Terror Lessons. We have a free month. Well, free month. We have Technically, we don't have a free month. We have free 
lifetime access, you know, because we have free live workshops where I help you. We've got free video lessons, uh, free audio lessons. But in the, uh, I misspoke when I said free month because our first month is actually a dollar because I want to see somebody put up an actual dollar um, and, you know, put your money where your mouth is before I teach you what's really going on in the world and before uh, before we let you in to talk to all to all of our you know, students uh, and me well you talk to me for free so yeah um that's the long and the short of it thank you for being here uh, in the meantime we have a workshop here so i'm going to start answering questions but i'm going to stop this recording and uh if you're here you have my assistance and help and if you're just hearing the recording Thanks for being here. You're missing out. Uh, all right. We'll see you next.